Hello. Good morning, city. How are you? It's so good to have people in the room and hear, you know, people's voices. Um, if we haven't met before, my name is Digelo. Um, I have the incredible privilege of being one of the worship leaders here at City. Um, it's something that I'm really passionate about and that I'm so grateful that God gets to use me for it. And today, I'm even more excited to get the opportunity to share with you my hope story. Um, and I'll be sharing it with you in, in the form of a testimony in, in, in the sense of kind of what's been going on in my life for the past few months and what God's brought me through. Um, and I hope it's so encouraging for you as well. Um, yeah, so basically, the, in a nutshell, I'll be sharing on how to wait on the promise because we're all waiting on something for God. We're all hopeful for something. And, um, but sometimes it just does not come fast enough. And then what do you do when you, when you know that God's promised you something, but you know? Um, so yeah, so let me just jump right into it. So like many people um, last year when COVID hit and the harsh lockdown hit, I was also impacted. I was out of a job. I was living with my parents. I'd come back from this incredible experience and I found myself at home and really feeling like I've honestly dropped the ball in hearing on God, you know, for my life. Then late last year into 2021, God gave me a word over my life and the word was acceleration. And this is exactly what he said to me. He said, the dreams and desires that, I have, laid, that have laid dormant, I'm about to bring into reality. It's going to be as if you never waited so long for it. It's go when it comes to, you will not be overwhelmed. You will be ready. Dry bones will rattle and live again. Forgotten dreams will be restored. Now, I remember feeling energized and just like excited about life because God had personally seeked me out for this promise. It was just mine and He knows exactly what I've been hoping for. And I was, I was kind of ready and it was just basically, it was just a matter of time. And I remember almost immediately after receiving that promise, the verse that came was Isaiah 60:22, and ESV version reads, the least one shall become a clan and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord, in its time I will hasten it. Now the version that really got me was the message because the message puts it like this. It says, the runt will become a great tribe. The weakling will become a strong nation. I am God, at the right time, I'll make it happen. Man, I remember just feeling at peace that, um, and just being empowered because not only did he give me this word, but he's given me this verse to promise me that not only by giving you a promise, but I'm gonna make it happen. And at the right time, it's gonna happen because, you know, he specifically told me what's gonna happen and it's gonna happen at the right time. So yeah, it was just a matter of time. And things seems to sort of start flowing great because then I got a job, I moved out of home, I've moved here in Olivedale to this beautiful place with my amazing housemaid. Um, work was going well, I was thriving, I was growing, I was learning, I was um, doing projects that I've never done before, I was learning things that I've never done before and I just felt like, well, I'm capable, I'm, I'm growing and, and these things were just being piled on, do you know? Um, now, if you know anything about me, you know that I suffer from extreme FOMO and so a lot of the time I do things from, a, well, I take on projects with a, well, you never know what could happen, you know? You never know how God could just catapult you into new things. So I just, I do it. Um, and then I also remember at the beginning of the year, um, just feeling 
a great need or craving for stability. Um, now, if you know me, I, like I've always entertained sort of the nomad life, you know, just try something, new projects, go on, travel, and you never know what God could bring you away. And I've always been okay with that life, you know. But then I had the sense that I want stability, I want to put roots. And so I thought, okay, well, I guess then it's time to buy a house, you know, buy something for myself. And, and I just thought, you know, there's no need to wait around for this mythical creature called a husband. Just, just do it. Just do it for yourself, you know. So I took on extra work. I took on extra work because, well, that makes sense, right? But then I kind of found myself in a state of burnout where I was working every single day. I was working right into the night and um, I had committed myself to so many things. And every single day I was on the internet looking for places to buy, but then realizing, well, I can't afford what I want to buy. So that means I must take on more work just to like cultivate this thing that I want eventually, you know? Um, and then it just became this vicious cycle of just doing, 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 and actually not even having a moment to spend with God at all, you know? Um, and I remember feeling just frustrated with God because I was like, God, I, 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 I'm actively waiting. I'm doing stuff. I'm praying. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking steps. I'm not passively waiting for you to, you know, I was doing something. Um, and then I remember earlier, a little earlier in the beginning of the year when I was still figuring all of this thing out, Marge, actually, if you know Marge, Marge is incredible. I've never had a moment where I've encountered Marge and she doesn't have the word from the Lord for me or she doesn't have a scripture that's ready to go. She's incredible. And I was actually at the church upstairs um, making coffee and thinking about all of those things. And Marge sees me and she's like, I've got one thing to say to you. So I was like, okay. She just looks at me and she said, he makes everything beautiful in its time. That's all she said. And then she walked away. And beautiful word, and I received it, but at the time, I was not in the right frame of mind to receive it. And I remember as she walked away, I was like, well, God, the time is now, God. Why don't you make it beautiful now, God? I've been waiting, God. Um, but yeah, so, and not only was I in a state of burnout, but I was, I was kind of living in a state of anxiety and just convinced that anything and everything that I've committed myself to that I was gonna drop the ball and that I was gonna be found out, that I'm not as good as I said I am, I'm not enough and I'm not this and I'm not that. And my imposter syndrome was just ringing out loud and I could not get away from it. Um, and don't get me wrong, I was praying. I was being a Christian, I was, I was doing what I needed to do, but I realized that it was also on a transactional basis and very ad hoc basis. You know, you're about to do something. Oh yes, Lord, please do this for me. And then you do, oh yes, Lord, please do this for me. It wasn't a moment of, you know, with Jesus. Um, and then eventually I just broke down to God and I was like, God, something's gotta give. Where is this acceleration that you've promised me? Because all I feel is frustration and stress and anxiety and every single thing that I'm doing actually makes me feel like, I'm taking steps backward and I'm actually not going forward. Now, before we started our Hope Story series, um, there was a preach that Lorelei did on Zephaniah called Singing Over Me or Singing Over You. And I remember listening to it. Please go have a look at it. Um, all our preachers are up on, on YouTube if you want to ever catch up. Such incredible stuff. And I remember while listening to it, there's a couple of things that she said that really stuck out to me actually convicted me a little. Um, and God just urged me, reach out to her, have a moment with her, just chat to her, seek counsel, seek perspective. Also again, 
we've got such incredible counseling ministry team, Lorelei and, and Vaughan run it. So if you ever need at any moment, just to get perspective, please reach out. Um, and I remember going through speaking with Lorelei um, and just pouring my frustrations out and just like, I'm so burnt out and this is happening. And this is what I want and it's not happening. And, blah, blah, blah. Um, and just really just talking about the realities that that adulting is, that no one tells you when you're in your late teens and early 20s and you think, I'm gonna make money and I'm gonna travel the world, but life happens, you know? And I remember while chatting to her, you know, she was listening as, as she does. And the first thing she said to me, or maybe not the first thing, but she said, did you ever think that maybe God needs to slow you down before he can accelerate you? And I remember when she said that, I was like, in my head, I didn't say it out loud, but in my head, I'm like, no, Lorelei, we're accelerating, Lorelei. That was the memo, that was the promise. We're not slowing down, we're accelerating. But I carried on listening. Um, and while she was talking, God just gave me this vision of myself at the start of a 100 meter track, 100 meters. But this 100 meter track had a massive mountain hill in the middle of it that to get to it, I, sort of need to go and I'm, I'm standing there ready to just sprint and get to the other side. But before I could even sprint, I'm just piling on things and just weighing myself down and just going and I'm ready to go and I'm ready to, you know, with all this effort. But right next to this track, um, there was a flat surface track on this side and on that side and there were windy little tracks and there were little shrubs and bushes so you couldn't see how windy they are and they were probably longer than the 100 meter track but they ended up at the same place. And, um, and I remember God just saying to me that he said, you keep trying to pick up baggage I never gave you and sprint to the end without me. Stop, take it off. Follow me and I will show you. I will make everything beautiful in its time. And then I remembered March, what she said to me. Um, and so I got home after that, that moment with, with Lorelei and and I earnestly just went back to God. I'm like, okay, God, how? Because clearly I've missed the mark. How do I wait for this promise that you've given me? Because I'm doing it wrong, you know? Um, and I'm just so grateful that God answers these kind of prayers, these kind of earnest prayers. Um, but also the beautiful thing about God is that when He disciplines and when He reprimands, He does it lovingly and kindly. But He's also firm and He doesn't mince His words. So I just want to share with you four answers that I got from God for that day when I was in my moment. Um, and now everybody's relationship with God, you know, plays out differently, how God speaks to you. I know I remember Ronelle said God speaks to her in humor. God speaks to me in sarcasm sometimes. So it's different for everybody. Um, but the first answer that I got, he said to me, I don't need your help to fulfill my promise. I was like, okay, he doesn't need my help to fulfill his promises. And what I realized from that was I took the promise of acceleration as if I was taking a food order at a restaurant and I could just quickly pop into the kitchen and whip it up quickly, you know, get a job, get another job, buy a house, do a course here, get ready for acceleration, you know. He was always going to do it his way, always. And that's why he says in Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways 
higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then he also said to me, I put the craving of stability in you. You assumed stability meant buying a house. I didn't say that. He said, let me be God. So then I started, okay, God, you're speaking. I'm gonna listen. The second, the second answer he said was, check the motives of your heart. Um, and then I realized that in the pursuit of this acceleration and, and what I was wanting, it had no kingdom value. Um, I, I was kind of approaching it from a very self-centered perspective, you know? Um, I could boast about the things that I could do, the abilities that I have, the things that I've done, what I could do, what I should do, what I deserved, you know? Um, like, I'm getting this because I deserve it. And God was just not in the middle of it at all. Like, my motives had nothing to do with Him. Um, I remember thinking, I was promised a jackpot and I was willing to cash in at any cost. Always check the motives of your heart. The third answer that he gave me was, take time to enjoy me. And this really hit me hard because the way he phrased it to me was, um, he said to me, when last did you take time to enjoy me? What are you actually doing to prepare for this acceleration? If you're not spending time with me and listening, how will you know or hear my voice when I say, it's time, let's go? And I was gutted. I was gutted because I was so consumed. I consumed my time with getting the things and, 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 and the gifts and whatever, rather than being consumed with the giver of the gifts. Um, and the worst of it was that this is not the first time I found myself in this position. I've done it before where you've forgotten that God is actually bigger and you just get so stuck in, I'm waiting to see this to prove that God is real, do you know? But God is real with or without the things. Um, you were supposed to seek Him first, Kelo. And that's what I remember thinking to myself. But I'm so, so grateful for His relentless love. Because um, we read in Romans 8:38, and it says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are not that powerful. We cannot overthrow His love for us by our moments of failure. The fourth and final answer that He gave me, which directed me back to when that promise came and the Scripture came and He said, in its time, I will hasten it. He said to me, it's against my nature to lie. I know what I promised you. I am God, at the right time, I will make it happen. Now, I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what you're hoping for, but in life, we all, there's something in us that we're you know, trusting God for, you know, for breakthrough. Um, and the waiting is frustrating, it's hard. You know, um, but I want to share with you a little note that God gave me. Um, he gave me this many, many months ago before my overwhelmed and my life and my storms and my traumatic things that I've gotten myself into came along. 
And it came when a huge opportunity in my life presented itself. And when this opportunity came along, I remember thinking, this is it. This is the acceleration I've been waiting for. He's going to do it. And I was ready for it, you know. Um, but it didn't happen. Um, but before I knew it was going to happen, God just dropped these words in my spirit and I started writing. And you know, when God starts speaking, you must write because you never know when that will come, it'll become valid and useful later on. And I remember even when I was writing these words down, thinking, oh, I'm going to get to encourage someone one day. I'm going to get to tell them about how I overcame and how I, 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 I. Um, but little did I know that God was kind of giving me was helping me write a letter of encouragement to myself. So I'm going to read it out to you. And I really pray that it does encourage you um, or that even everything that I've said, that if it hits home, like I really hope that it is for you. And this is what he says. Everyone's journey will not be the same. There will always be a reason why someone else should be further ahead than you and why you are where you are. God doesn't reason in the natural form. So whenever you choose to pursue Him and only Him as your source and the one that satisfies you, He will accelerate you in the places that you've never dreamt of in His own time without even seeking it. The people, the right experiences and the right opportunities will throw themselves at you. But He must still be the one that satisfies, not the things. When the things come, it's easy to get in a transactional headspace where you try to justify why they came and what you did to get them. Why? He is a father who wants to bless his child. What must I do? Obediently seek him even when there is no thing. It's not a tit for tat relationship. Don't reduce him to his transaction. Stop trying to figure it out. He knows your heart's desires. And if he brings it, he will make a way for it. If it doesn't happen, it's not the last time that opportunity will come along. He's not limited by anything. He is God. Be still and know this. Now we're going to get into a time of worship and we're singing a song called Breakthrough. For me, my breakthrough came in perspective, slowing down. And now I'm starting to learn to surrender these things, whatever your breakthrough might be or not. Um, just, yeah, trusting God. Thanks. <laughs> 